And then once you get to a certain point, you can actually hit a floor pedal when your other rider's going down on you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that blows anything I did last week out of the water. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Zero G Adventures podcast. This is episode 8, so thanks for joining us again. As always, I am Tim. I'm Brian. And I'm Chris. And thanks for sticking with us. And if you're new, welcome. Yes. We always welcome new people. Yes, absolutely. So today, we're going to talk all about Knobles out in I always get confused. Is it Ellisburg or is it Eliesburg or is Eliesburg? Eliesburg, central northern PA in the mountains. It's an hour north of Harrisburg. Yes, yes. Let's talk about what we're drinking on. So, uh, Chris, why don't you tell us what we have this week? On the spot. Boom. Do we have a name? The hard apple cider slush. Thank you, Brian. From Knobles. Well, it's not really from Knobles because you can't get alcohol there. It's inspired by. Yeah. Um, to be brutally honest. What's in it? It's apple cider and Captain Morgan Spiced Rum. And that's really not something you can mess up. What is ice in it? It's frozen. Yeah. Like a slushy. Mm-hmm. And it is delicious. For once... I might actually have nothing negative to say about this drink. Woohoo, we did it right. It took eight times, but we got <laughs> Eight times we got a wiener. Yeah, pretty much. What do you think? It's good. It's refreshing. Um, the thing I like about it is you don't really taste the rum. I mean, it's there. Believe me, it's there. But you don't, it doesn't like a lot of our other drinks of the wink. We're like, whoa. Like, it's, yeah. This one's going to sneak up on you. Yeah, I agree. I really like it. I think it's a good drink in the middle of winter. I think it's a good drink in the middle of summer. I think it's good to sip on. I think it's good for parties. I like it. I have nothing bad to say about it. And I'm a huge fan of apple cider, apple yeah, juice, anything that's the apple. Thing. The, better, the better the apple cider you can get, the better the drink's going to be. Yep. True. True. So let's talk about some park news. Brian. Before we talk about the park news, we really should tell people where they can watch the Drink of the Week video. We really should, shouldn't we? If you're interested in seeing us make the drink of the week, you can uh, get the full recipe as well as the video of us making it on our website as well as on our YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe and check out both. Now on to some park news. Yep. So I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but we started a new feature, which is the park news update. And it's a video exclusive to YouTube that Tim and I do. So you're going to want to check that out as well for all the park news. Um, I mean, it's an interesting week of news. Um, You know, there's lots of rumors, things opening, things closing. It's a standard off-season, you know, 
news update. Sure. Sure. And there's lots of things about California. I mean, California's getting close to actually rejoining the rest of America and sort of reopening. In an altered form. Yes. Because, I mean, you have the parks that are open like zoos and the Disney parks. And it's rumored now that they might, right now, like, I think California Adventure's open for people just to walk down the main uh, Buena Vista Street and just eat and drink. And the well, isn't room- that their Disney Springs type area? Their well, that's downtown, downtown Disney. Disney. They have that too, but uh, there's certain days open. now that they're opening that. Oh, okay. But the rumor is that they're going to do that because of the new event that's coming to Disney California Adventure. They're going to open Main Street oh, okay. in Disneyland. So, but again, it's a rumor at this point, but at least Things the parks are daily. opening. Yeah, they're Out opening there. at least in some form. Again, as I talked about in our news update, I think it's a tease walking into a Disney park and only being able to walk in so far and not being able to ride anything. And they still haven't announced what the cost of it's going to be to be able to do that. So you wait and see. Yeah. (laughs) We'll stay tuned basically. But yeah. uh, So we are moving a lot of our park news update to our YouTube channel and doing that via video and covering all of the news from the past week so that you guys can see us and interact with us and comment on us. Um, I think maybe one time we might want to do like a premiere episode where we can actually chat with people yeah, that are watching it. When it fun. comes out, we can do that. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, I think it'd be really cool. So we're going to, before we head out to Knobles, out in Neelysburg. Neelysburg. is so difficult to say. It, but that's normal with Pennsylvania towns. I mean, Knobles is hard to say. You... <laughs> it looks like it should be Nobles, Nables. Yeah, but the K is not silent. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about our, our, our first topic, which is very near and dear to Knobles' heart, as well as all three of ours, is classic dark rides. Um, Chris is an expert on dark rides. so I don't know if I'd call myself an expert. I'm interested in them. He's an enthusiast. He's a dark He's enthusiast. A dark enthusiast. <laughs> if, only. <laughs> if only. But since we're talking about Knobles, it's actually home to two iconic dark rides in the industry. One is their Haunted Mansion, and the other one being uh, Black Diamond. The Haunted Mansion is kind of interesting in that it's almost completely built by the park. Yep. And there's a certain aesthetic of ride like that just doesn't exist anymore. And it is so lovingly maintained. When they update it. Yes. They update it often. And the other one, the Black Diamond, is even slightly more interesting because it's a rescued former dark ride called the Golden Nugget from Maury Spears, which has an interesting history all of its own. And what makes it even more interesting is that it's a hybrid dark ride. It's a coaster and a dark ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, the the one thing that I really like about them is even though that they are updating them, they're not updating them to fit today's no. expectations. They're not updating them to put 4D shooters no. in them um, with guns so that you can be a galactic exactly champion or you know whatever it's called. They keep it to the theme. It's yes, it's still traditional. It's still old school, but. They just keep it updated to get you riding again and again and again. Mm-hmm. 
And if you'd like more information on their two dark rides, I'm actually working on a relatively in-depth article for the website that will cover both. Coming soon. Yeah. To a website near you. And so, what's that website address? That is zerogadventures.com. So, Chris, what is a dark ride? It's kind of an interesting term because it covers a lot. Um, the most basic definition of a dark ride, or in some areas they're called ghost trains. Um, it's, you know, as, the, as, a, as it implies, it's a ride that is theme-based. It's typically a tracked ride that takes riders on a passage or a path through a storyline. That's the most basic definition. With pre-built scenes and animatronics and special effects. The biggest misnomer is that people hear the term dark and they automatically think, oh, it's going to be spooky. It's going to be horror themed. Mm -hmm. When really the dark comes from the fact that the bride is kept in darkness. So the scenes are the center of your attention. The scenes are what's lit. And most of the time, the lighting and the effects are set off by when your car passes the scene. So it's not that the ride is spooky. The ride is just dark to focus your attention. So, right. for example, Peter Pan's flight. Mm -hmm. It's not scary by any means, but it's dark because, you know, you can't see until you're at the next scene. You go around a bend. You're all of a sudden in Neverland. Another way to think about it, or another analogy would be, it's almost like a moving theater, and you're moving from scene to scene. Mm -hmm. When you're seeing a theatrical presentation, the entire auditorium isn't lit up. The stage where you're supposed to be focused is lit. Right. I mean, for all intent purposes, it's a small world. It's a dark ride. Yes. Uh, it's scary to some. Yeah. <laughs> if you're stuck in there for more than, more than 12 minutes, it's a very scary ride. Yes. But it is a dark And that's one of the things people, when they think of dark rides, they instantly think of Disney. But dark rides have been around for a very long time. The first ones showed up in the late 19th century and were referred to as scenic railways or pleasure, uh, pleasure railroads because they were, they were literal trains that you went through scenic areas. And around the turn of the century, around 1900, Old mills, like the ones still working in Kennywood, started. And things along the same lines like river caves and tunnels of love attractions started to appear, which basically used boats to move you through the scenes and canals. And then further, they got a little bit more fun. They developed something called the mill chute, and that's when you actually had hills and drops. Yeah. Now, traditionally, how... How are these rides lit? Like, is it people with the flashlight or? <laughs> well, it's the, well, it is the people that are waiting and they're looking for the people that are beckoning. Oh, yes. The canoodlers. The canoodlers. Well, <laughs> it also depends on the budget of the park. Now, um, <laughs> typically, your most classic dark rides will be, of course, um, dimly lit and their sets will be maybe plywood flats and phosphorescent, hard word for me to say, paints. So when they by black light, they glow. Mm -hmm. And like I said, each scene is typically lit individually, so they only really come into view when you're passing them. And to further that, um, so they didn't have to individually light scenes and time them, over time, these ride layouts became more maze-like. So instead of it being just one big 
dark warehouse with individual lights going off, there are walls separating scenes. So they could get more detailed because it hid the next scene from you as it you were coming. maze like mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So what about, um, what were the typical vehicles like when you ride in? So you said they like started as boats. So like, I guess the older ones started as boats and then did it morph into like dark rides as we know them or? Well, yeah, the the track development of dark rides comes more from even predating boats when they were actual trains. But when we think of a dark ride today, that really didn't come about till the pretzel company that developed the single track which is what we think of now. It's that one almost like buggy that you get mm-hmm. into. And there's that one metal track that it follows. And then from there, it progressed in a great... It, it... Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> I'm looking for a word and I can't think of it. Um, you're looking for it blocked into or it... Um... <sighs> I feel like we're on pyramid. Morph. More. Okay, I'm just going to read this paragraph as it is, and you can edit it now. I can't edit the paragraph. Because then mm-hmm. Where are you at? I, well, I've been ad-libbing off my paragraph. Um, the rides started as, as single track with individual cars, and they just simply developed over time, developing faster speeds, being able to turn more, and this is where... More Disney- articulated. Exactly. And this is where Disney comes into the picture. They developed ride systems along with their Imagineers, mainly coming out of their work from the, for the World's Fair in the 60s. And that's what gave us the Omnimover. So it was about capacity. Oh, yeah. yeah. <coughs> to be able to move people through these rides at a much faster pace, these rides literally never stopped. That chain, instead of the track, you're now being pulled by a chain continuously. Mm-hmm. But that said, any ride system can be used for a dark ride, as long as it moves riders from scene to scene, whether it be boats, log flumes, trains, single track systems, both physical and some of the newer ones, where they follow a metal wire embedded in the ground. Um, There's even ones where instead of following a track on the floor, you're hanging from them, like you said, Peter Peter Pan's ride. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to go back to early Epcot Horizons, you you not only hung from the ceiling, you hung sideways from the ceiling. E.T. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to actual roller coasters, like I mentioned, the Black Diamond, or the, up, the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy could be considered a dark ride. To a degree, even Rock and Roller Coaster could be considered mm-hmm. a dark ride, because it still technically tells a story in the dark. And the, the newest version, what they call trackless, literally does not follow a track. It uses GPS and Wi-Fi and RFID signals that the individual ride vehicles can literally go anywhere in the show building. They're not limited to a preset track. And then the newest models of that have motion bases built into them. So not only can these vehicles drive around, they can pitch and yaw and move in all sorts of angles. So... Whenever parks, like, say they wanted a dark ride, do, did parks just come up with it on their own, or were there companies that they went to, like, if they wanted to purchase one of these? How, how would that work? Well, in the early days, one of the biggest names for dark rides was the Pretzel Amusement Ride Company. And in 1928, they were the first ones to patent that classic single rail 
dark ride. Yeah. And when a park wanted one, that's who they went to. I mean, they built over 1,400 of these rides all over the world, even traveling models that went into carnivals. And there are still five of them that are still running today. Only five, though. That's kind of sad. Out of 1,400. Well, you know, a lot of parks, for better or for worse, want to go for the newest and best thing. So sometimes things get lost. Bam. <laughs> I was trying to suppress it. Now you know why. That's a good idea. So that's so that was pretzel. Mm-hmm. I mean, were, were they the only ones or what well, the interesting thing about dark rides, there's almost generations to them. Once pretzel had started to fade, there was a new generation to come afterwards, and the biggest one for that generation would be Bill Tracy and the ride. And the rides that he built. In fact, he got his start with Pretzel. And he has a very interesting history, and he's a very interesting man himself. He got started as the artistic director for the Barnum and Bailey Circus. He did windows for Macy's and built their Thanksgiving Day parade floats. And um, and that's crazy because I think of those floats, but I've also been on several Bill Tracy rides, and... It's kind of like he had a mode, uh, A mode and a B mode. Oh, yeah. Tracy liked <laughs> some really dark scenes. If you'd like to see a woman get sawed in half in a dark ride, Bill Tracy would build it for you. Um, by the 60s, he was designing dark rides completely on his own. We're actually refurbishing a lot of the older pretzel rides. Um, he developed a new ride system that's called the Hush Puppy. And that one was interesting because it could actually make a lot tighter turns. Uh, it, ha- it could traverse hills and dips. Is that like Wacky Shack at Waldemere? Is that a hush puppy? Exactly. Okay. Most most rides with that name are a Tracy product because that was one of his names. Wacky Shacks, Ghost Ships, uh, Pirates Coves. That's all his work. Did he also do the shoes? What? The shoe. The Hush Puppy shoe. No, I believe that was Tom McCann. <laughs> but yeah, in the, the, the most insane thing about Tracy, he was very prolific. He built over 80 rides, but he was only really active building rides for 15 years. So he was pumping them out. Oh, and yeah. Just like- Boom, 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 boom. Well, I boom. think everyone probably wanted one. They saw what another park yeah. was doing, and then they they wanted their own. Mm-hmm. But the thing they're with huge, that... They're huge trappers. Oh, mm-hmm. exactly. But what I find even more interesting was that, yes, they shared names, and a lot of the facades were similar, but each one was unique to the park, and no two were the same. Mm-hmm. So who's around today? Like, who are the big players today that are making Dark Rides? One of the biggest ones would be Sally Corporation. Actually, now they've just adopted Dark Ride as part of their name. They're now known as Sally Dark Rides. They picked up where Tracy left off. His career ended pretty much in the 70s. They started in the 70s building animatronics. One of the most iconic things they've built, they're behind the E.T. ride. If you've been to a Universal Park. Oh, it's iconic. (laughs) And E.T. has said your name. I can smell it. Chris, Brian, <laughs> Tim, not, not, not. I can still smell the cue line now that you mentioned that. But... Mm-hmm. So you can thank them for that. And more modern, if you've been on a dark 
shooter ride, like Boo Blasters of Boo Hill or a Ghost Blasters or um, the Justice League Battle for Metropolises. Oh, really? Those, that was Sally. Those are all Sally's. I mean, I knew the Boo Blasters were, but I didn't know the Battle for Metropolis was. And at this point, they built over 50 rides themselves, and they're also one of the people they call in when something needs refreshed. Sally's the one mm-hmm. doing the work. And then along with Sally, um, the other large one in the, the industry, almost a shadow in the industry with the amount of work they do that he's not allowed to really talk about, is Garner Holt Productions. Well, not a builder of rides per se, like they're not building the ride systems, but they are one of the biggest builders of the animatronics, the scenes, the special effects. In fact, they're kind of the de facto subcontractor for most of what you see in modern Disney rides and even Universal. They won't admit it. I was going to say they'll never admit it. They but... won't admit it, and occasionally he gets to admit it when his contract tells him he can. He didn't do the Yeti, did he? No. I don't <laughs> think so. I'm not sure, but we don't know if he's allowed to talk about it either way. But Garner Holt and Sally are the big players these days, and there are plenty of others. A lot of them trace their origins back to Imagineering. There's a lot of players in the field developing a lot of interesting stuff. But it's a very broad topic. Yeah, I mean, with Dark Rides, there's a lot to talk about, and you can keep diving deeper and deeper in the stuff. But we're waiting here that we can't wait to see the article. Nope. No pressure. (laughs) Gee, thanks. There's a lot of history with Dark Rides out there. Yeah, and they go back farther than anybody imagines, and the term is broader than most people think. And you have an article that kind of is going to go a little bit more in depth. And Well, uh, I, 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 I plan on writing a whole series on dark rides as we go through them for what parks that have them. And I'm planning on doing some articles on people like Bill Tracy and the Sally Corporation and Garner Holt. Because, because each of those companies have an immaculate history. Mm-hmm. And very different and um, intriguing projects they've all done. Can we call you Chris the Dark Guy then? Our goth guy? I wouldn't say goth. Our G-U-I-D-E to the underworld or... Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> I'm sorry if all... If, if failed. Yeah. Yep. Let's go to Knobles. Oh, I wish. Pretty soon, aren't they opening in March? No, I thought April. I thought it was March. No, April. Well, it's still April. <laughs> it's it's still really quick. So let's talk about Knobles. So Knobles is as old school, traditional as you can get. Absolutely. When it, when it comes to an amusement park, it's family owned and operated, which is a rarity these days. Um, it is in the middle of nowhere. It's in Elysburg, Pennsylvania. The family that owns the park also owns a campground, picnic grove, golf course, and lumber mill. That last one's important because it's not, I don't know of any other amusement park company that owns <laughs> their own lumber mill, but um, they do. So like I said, it's located in the middle of nowhere at the bottom of a tree-covered valley. It's about an hour north of Harrisburg. They have 64 rides and attractions, which is quite a lot for a you know, smaller traditional park. They have a pool, water slides, museums. They have a mining museum, a carousel museum, a bald eagle eagle exhibit, um, 
award-winning food, and let me tell you, that's the reason why I go, is for the food. Oh, I'm with you. I am with <laughs> you there. Um, they also have cool games, like not just your usual amusement park games. They have Fascination. Awesome game. Fascination is a game that used to be at all kinds of parks. Um, you literally, everyone lines up. They have their own like little mini bowling alley kind of mm-hmm. things where you roll one ball and you have to get five in a row or cover Yeah, it goes all into those and, little holes and yep. yeah. You know, and then you can win <clears throat> tickets and trade up for prizes, which they're like big prizes, like video game systems and TVs and, mm-hmm. you know. You could spend that. It's like I think twenty five or fifty cents a game, and and you're in there forever. So they offer a lot. Um, I've been there at least twenty times, and I have not seen or done it all at that park. There, you learn something every time you go. You find something new, and they have quite the history. They do have quite the history, um, but they're all about family. And I did some research. And the other amazing thing is Knoebels is the largest free admission amusement park in America. Yes, admission is free. 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 But we will talk more about that later when we talk about admission. Um, It's also 150 acres. So it's pretty big, you know, for a smaller park. Um, And they do have quite the history. And it's all about family. I did some research. We go back to 1828. Reverend Henry Hartman Knoebel bought the land, once known as Peggy's Farm. The Knoebel's family moved to the farm in 1880, and it became known as Knoebel's Grove. Henry's grandson, also named Henry, or Old Hen as he was known, saw potential for the land to be used as recreational activities. He farmed the land, began operating it for lumbering business. Um, the grove became popular because of its natural swimming hole and plenty of shade. The workers and the locals used the area as a recreational park, and Henry started to sell people drinks and snacks, and even started to lease cottages on the grounds that some of them are still there to this day. It all changed in 1926. The family added a restaurant, a steam-powered carousel, some games, and on July 4th, 4th of July, Knoebel's Amusement Park was born. Now, the park's expanded and evolved with the times, um, but it stayed in the family. It's passed down from generation to generation. It survived severe floods because everyone in the family and the community always comes together and cleans the place up. And it does flood a lot. I mean, they have markers when you're in the park, Mm -hmm. like that have the years and the lines of the flood. And it's about walking through the park the past couple of times that we were there and seeing the oh, yeah. flood line, you're like, the water was this high. Like, half the park would have been underwater. Oh, yeah. no, it's stunning. Some of them were like, that That mark is taller than I am. The yes. water was taller than me. <laughs> yeah. The big one was in 72, though, and that's when Hurricane Agnes came through. And, I mean, that uh, the park almost didn't make it past that. The flooding was so bad. But, again, the community came together. The people working in the neighborhood were like, we're going to help you rebuild it. You know, it was it was an amazing story of how the park survived. And not every park has that, you know, where you have a community and family and the employees that work there volunteered to help. Um, and that's the reason why the park's still there. It's going strong as ever because of the love and the devotion from the family and the community. Now, 
this was a brief summary of the history in Knobles. I know in the past, some of the parts we talked about, we went on and on and on. So I wanted to give you a cliff note version of the history. If you want more information on the history of Knobles, check out our Park of the Week article on our website. It's all about Knobles. Absolutely. And you can find that at zerogadventures.com. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> Just on home. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the stuff today. So admission, like Brian said before, admission is free. Um, you can either buy tickets or you can purchase a ride all day wristband on the weekdays for $52. Uh, for most weekends, the park is ticket use only. Although in 2020, they allow the wristband use every single day. That's almost unheard of in parks these days um, that you can just walk in and buy a book of tickets and go and ride. Yeah, I mean, there's some parks that have a different admission policy where you could pay less to go in and then pay per rides. But I mean, Knobles, it's literally nothing. If you want to take grandma and grandpa in the park with mm -hmm. you and they're just going to eat, it doesn't cost them anything to get in. Yeah, I mean, my wife, she doesn't really ride that much. So for her to pay $70 to go into Cedar Point for a day is you know, pretty much useless. Um, but other than for her to use the beach or, you know, whatever, sitting for Bidden Frontier, but for her to go into Knobles, you know, she loved it because it didn't cost any. So, um, and then, you know, my son, but uh, parking, parking is free. You can't beat that. That's unheard of. Yeah, most uh, parks are like 20 bucks just to park. Just to park. You're already paying to go in the park. Why are we paying? Nope. But uh, they have a huge grass and gravel parking lot, um, and they also have free tram service. Free. Free is the word for Knobles. So even if you're stuck at the other end of the huge field, you don't have to hoof it mm -hmm. to the gate. On, on busy days when their parking lot fills, they've actually been known to park people up at the school and bust them down to the park for free as well, which is awesome. Um, one of the other things that you know, we all we often overlook and forget about. They have parking lot attendants that park each car because they get so busy and so many people all come at one time. The problem with their parking lot, it's gra there's not lines where to park like most parking lots. It's literally a gravel slash grassy field. So they need their team members to individually park cars to fit enough cars in. Mm hmm. Now, as far as the park layout goes, um, it's, a, it's a mess. <laughs> well, what's funny, I remember whenever we went and it, it was my first time back in June or July, whenever we went this summer. And I said, well, I'll meet you at the gate. And you texted me back and you were like, there is no gate. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no gate. It's you park in a field and you just start walking until you get to stuff yep. <laughs> basically uh well you, you basically walk until you get to the best bathrooms ever created in the world <laughs> and then an amuse and, and then a roller coaster on your right hand side yeah um but there there is no gate it's completely open um there's a campground on site that again is just you walk 50 feet and you're in campground and you're outside the park and there was no exit um but then as far as the internal layout, once you really get into the meat and potatoes of the park, 
Um, there's no layout. It just kind of meanders around and there's shortcuts and there's pathways and there's bridges over creeks and you have to walk around the swimming pool that's in the middle of the park. And You have to explore. That's one of my favorite yeah. things about Knobles. Is Again, I've been there 20 some years. I find new things every time I go. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know it went back here. Yeah, it's great because it's, it's so just... That is definitely part of the charm of the park because there's no real set layout. Like you said, you never know what you're going to come across. And that even goes towards the buildings in the park. It's some of the most unique park architecture you're going to find. There's literally a birthday cake pavilion that is shaped like a birthday cake. There's the building called the loaf that literally looks like a loaf of bread. There's the stony gables that looks like a storybook cottage in the middle of the woods, home of some of the best fudge you're ever going to find in a theme park. And, of course, um, sort of the source of our drink of the week, the candy apple orchard stand with their fresh mm -hmm. apple cider, which is a huge apple that you get apple cider from. It's like Roller Coaster Tycoon. Or the, it, it is. <laughs> where, it is. The popcorn stand shaped like a box of popcorn. Yeah, that's what that. it's like. Yeah. So some interesting facts that I just found this out actually today, and I did not know this, but... One of my favorite areas in the park to eat, it's called the round stand. And it has these covered seating areas that have round roofs above them. Well, it turns out all of them were part of three carousels designed by Alan Herschel. And they were in operation at Kish. Uh, never, I can never pronounce the name of this park. right. So it's some park, Kishikonquilas. Kishikokilas. Kishikokilas, whatever it is. It was um, in Lewistown, Pennsylvania. It was one of those that I talked earlier, that 1972 flood. It closed the park. It flooded so bad it closed the park. So Knobles, who has a history of rescuing things from other parks, purchased all three carousel mechanisms from that park, used them as the foundation for the stand and the seating areas. So when you're sitting under these stands, the roofs are actually revolving or above you like mm -hmm. a carousel. When you're underneath it because they actually that's what they are and the, it was really cool is that they're all connected like mm -hmm. they're like gear pulley things so there's like one motor that's spinning everything around you well yeah because they have the old mill stand right there and it yeah. has a water mill well the water mill powers uh -huh. the gear that then goes to the building it's great it's unique it's a wonderful place to relax it's shaded and there's plenty of space to eat but if you're prone to any sort of motion sickness it's not the best place to enjoy your fake sweet potato. I would sort of maybe move on. Don't look up. Don't look up. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, let's talk about the rides and attractions. So, Knobles, they have 64 rides and attractions, including six, which is amazing, six roller coasters. For I actually had to think size. about it. I had to think about it because yeah. I'm like, they have six. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they do. So, six roller coasters. Two dark rides, which technically one is a coaster as well. Two water rides, nine water park attractions, and 41 family rides. Rides that have a height requirement of less than 48 inches, so the whole family can ride together, which is huge. Um, and 16 kids-only rides. And what's nice is they don't have like a dedicated kiddie land. Their rides are like spaced out. Kind of throughout that one yeah, part they of have, the park. They have one area where they're kind of together, but they're, yeah. they're spread out across a creek. Like there's someone this yeah, side, someone the other. Yeah. 
Yeah, it goes back a lot. But one of the nice things about that is that you never feel like you're stuck in a mm-hmm. kids only area. Uh-uh. And that's what you like. You go to Camp Snoopy, you go to Kittyland, Kennywood, you know, and it's like 16 of the same ride, just yeah. different skins. And this, they're all different. They're all just placed and it's just very tranquil. Yep. And some of them are old school Kittyland yes. rides too. Yes, they are. 17 of those rides. Um, not just kids only rides, but 17 rides, they're actually protected from the rain. So there's a lot to do if it does start to rain. Yeah. But um, on to the coasters. Well, one thing that I forgot about as well. So I have a dog. You can bring your dog in with you to Knoebels. And not only can you bring your dog into the park, there's several rides that your dog can ride. Like the train, the carousel, the antique cars. I mean, that, I don't think there's anywhere else (laughs) that lets you do. I mean, there are other parks that let you bring dogs in. But to actually ride rides, that was one of my favorite memories, was actually riding the train with my dog. I'm surprised parks still allow that. Just with like liability it's canobles it's a it's a step back in time don't know i I, I know it really is now unfortunately little eugene can ride the train but he can't ride the coasters yet he just hasn't (laughs) made the height requirement (laughs) canobles has six coasters as tim said and they are all unique Mm -hmm. very unique you got the black diamond which chris mentioned earlier it's the steel indoor roller coaster dark ride it's more dark ride than it is coaster but it does use gravity, and there are hills. Very little hills, as we told Tim's wife. They're very little hills. Technically, it's a cred. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the track and the cars are from the Golden Nugget, which is what the ride used to be called when it was at Maurice Piers in New Jersey. And as I said earlier, Knobles likes to save rides. And they saved this ride that was going to be torn down, moved it to the park, and rethemed it, and closed the whole thing. Themed it after, you know, a mine, which... That's Knoebel's territory, is the mine. The mines. Did a really good job on it. Yep. It is a really enjoyable dark ride. Like, again, like it is a coaster, but it's more of a dark ride. And it's just, instead of it spreading out, they just went vertical. Yeah. To save space. Three floors. (laughs) And then. Well, yeah, it's the ride itself is over three stories tall. Yeah. So, the flying turns, which this is a story in itself, and we will talk a lot about the flying turns as it is our coaster of the week but short version it's the world's only wooden bobsled roller coaster it was modeled after the classic flying turns roller coasters from the 1920s it's the only one that's still around Mm -hmm. um for people that like modern inverting rides they have impulse which is the near at the front of the park at least from the parking lot side which is a steel looping coaster with a vertical drop, four inversions, cobra roll, vertical loop, and our favorite, the zero G roll. <laughs> yep. Um, but they also have a, they call it a children's ride, but let me tell you, it's, it, <laughs> it's a family coaster. Yes, it is. Cosmo's Curves. Cosmo is the mascot of the park. And so the kitty coaster is called Cosmo's Curves. And literally, I think you get more airtime on Cosmos curves than you do on some adult coasters. Besides Phoenix, yes, I think <laughs> I got more airtime on Cosmos curves. <laughs> One of the legends 
of Knobles is a roller coaster called the Phoenix. Um, the Phoenix was the first wooden roller coaster that was ever taken apart, moved, and then rebuilt. The ride was originally the Rocket at Playland Amusement Park in San Antonio, Texas. The double out and back coaster features buzz bars, a dark tunnel, amazing airtime, and a super smooth fun ride. They called it the Phoenix because it was reborn from the ashes. It would have been really sad if, you know, if the rocket didn't make it, but Knobles took a leap and brought it back to, you know, it's the number one wooden roller coaster in the world right now. I, they, mean, I mean, didn't they literally take it apart piece by piece, mm -hmm. number it, move it on flatbeds up here and rebuild it like a paint by numbers coaster? Each crossbeam and member was numbered and up it went. I mean, they do it all the time with steel coasters because they're less less pieces, obviously. Yeah. To do it for a, a, a classic wooden coaster is insane. And it started a trend. It's a project. It started a trend. Right after that happened, I think that was in 1986. I don't remember the exact year. But other parks did the same thing. Um, Lakemont Park and also in Pennsylvania, they relocated a wooden roller coaster. Um, it happened more times than I originally thought, but the Phoenix was the one that started it. Um, so the Phoenix is your double out and back airtime machine. To complement that, the park has Twister, which is a wooden twister coaster that was inspired from the now defunct Mr. Twister roller coaster at Illich Gardens. Now, here's the thing. They wanted to move Mr. Twister, but they can't. They couldn't because of it didn't fit into the space that they had for it. So they redesigned it, made it over, like almost stack on top of each other with the double lifts going right on top of each other to make yeah, it so, fit. So when it comes out, it goes up a lift, yep. goes down like a little pre drop into a turnaround, and then goes back up the for the direction. rest of the lift. So right on top. it goes yeah. halfway up, turns around, goes the other way. And yep. it, it is very unique. Um, it is nonstop, but it's completely different. All of the six coasters at this park really work with each other, and they give it a well-rounded. You know, in my opinion, the only kind of coaster that's not there would be like an inverted coaster or a launch coaster. But in all honesty, it wouldn't fit. They wouldn't fit the park. No, I mean, Impulse. People were shocked when they put Impulse in because it is very different, but it works. It works with the park. So, um, what do you guys think? What are your favorites? Like, if you had to pick one, your favorite coaster at Knobles? I would say that mine definitely is Twister. And I think it's, I mean, Phoenix is amazing. Impulse is a good ride. Wasn't my favorite, but it's a good ride. Twister at night in the dark when we went for Halla, or Halla Scream or whatever um, it was. Halla Fun. Halla yeah, Halla Fun. Yeah. It, it, at night with absolutely no lights is amazing. Um, there's a lot of airtime. It's a lot. It's fast. It's a lot of turns. There's a surprise tunnel in it. And hey, there's just a lot. I really like Twister. When the train goes right underneath it, it's like. Yes. Yes. It literally goes right underneath it. What about you, Chris? It might sound predictable, but my choice is Black Diamond. You're not going to see another ride like it it's for its unique value alone in the experience and 
to be honest, not to denigrate Knobles, but you don't ex when you write it, you don't expect the level of theming that is actually on this thing. And it surprises me every time because I notice something different every time. Mm -hmm. And because it's a dark ride, you don't remember every twist and turn. So there's still a surprise in the ride yeah. itself. Yep. It's well, completely rewritable. Oh, yeah. That, that's like a... Oh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely a must-do. Brian, what about you? Phoenix. I mean, the story of, first of all, saving a coaster to me means a lot. I mean, that's what, you know, that's what it's all about, is saving things. Knobles does that with everything. Their rides, their carousel. I mean, everything about the park is about saving things or making people appreciate things from the past. And that's the Phoenix. I mean, you have a dark tunnel to start the ride. And then you have airtime. The restraints are just buzz bars. Mm -hmm. You don't have individual ratcheting lap bars and individual seat belts and headrests. Stapled and, into your seat. Yeah. And the the speed that they dispatch those trains is incredible. Um, Knobles is about capacity because because of their ticketing, because they're making money the more people ride their rides, they move people. You know. I clocked it once. 30 seconds is how long it took. The train got in the station. 30 seconds later, that train was leaving with its next group of riders. It's impressive. But yeah, I mean, to me, Phoenix. It's a great... I, I was surprised by how... Like, it still has a rickety wooden coaster, but it's, but it's smooth. smooth. Mm -hmm. It is so smooth. Like, there are coasters out there's hybrid coasters out there and there's wooden coasters out there that are much newer that are so much more rough mm -hmm. yep and the one thing this conversation points out even though knobles is classic there is a coaster type ride there for every kind of coaster rider yeah. we each have a different favorite here and i love twister and the phoenix just as much but you know i prefer black diamond you know but there's something for everyone that's because you're the dark ride guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start calling you Black Diamond. That's going to be your stripper name. <laughs> that can be edited out. <laughs> that ain't being edited out. <laughs> Here we go. So along with all their coasters, they also have a lot of unique non-coaster type rides. Um, for instance, the bumper cars. That's considered the best bumper cars ride in America. Um, bumper cars at Knobles, it's unique because they're old school heavy. They're the loose cars. If um, The park actually would go around the parks that were closing and ask to buy their scooter they're those cars. They're big. They're heavy. Yeah, they're those big yes. old honking things. And I mean, they don't allow, they're very strict on that ride about head on collisions for good reason. Oh, yeah. I mean, those cars, even getting hit from the side, it throws you. So I can you only deploy imagine. airbags. Yeah. They're miniature tanks. Yeah. They are. Yeah. They also have the Cosmotron. Um, it's an indoor Himalaya ride, um, which is kind of like, if you think about like the musical express type rides at other parks that, you know, everybody sits and it goes around in a circle up and down waves and all that. And everybody squishes each other. Um, but it features forward 
and backwards motion. Um, and it also has a light music show all in one. So it originally opened in 1978 um, as a Caterpillar uh, ride from the defunct Westview Park in Pittsburgh. Uh, but it was converted to the Himalaya in 1998 for higher capacity. They like their capacity. Got to get more riders on there. Come on, mow through people. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So the Grand Carousel, and I, I am a carousel guy. It To me, it's the heart of a park. Um, Knobel's Carousel is one of the oldest carousels I've ever ridden. It was built in 1913. But the thing that really makes their mm-hmm. Grand Carousel stand out is you can catch the brass ring on it. And most people don't know what that means. Um, but there are several parks out there that still have this feature. The carousel was originally made, like, it's kind of like the horses that are trying to catch the ring. You know, that was what the ride was supposed to, your experience was supposed to be like that. So the reason why the outside row of horses on a carousel doesn't go up and down is because that's the row where you kind of lean out and try to catch the brass ring. There are lots of rings come out of it, but only one's the brass ring. If you catch the brass ring, you get a free ride. Sonic up in here. Just second week in a row. We got to keep straight going next week somehow. Because <laughs> you just got to lean out and just catch a brass ring and you get a free ride. But it's it's a very unique experience. Um, it's harder than it looks. So, so what happens is they have this arm that comes down. Yeah, it, it, well, it, yeah, it kind of comes out. Yeah, it, it comes down and it comes out. And, you know, it, it's like a little, like, dispenser almost kind of thing. And you run around and you try to hook your finger into it to pull out the ring. And, you know, every once in a while there's a brass one. And if you get it, and you, well, you get a free ride. And... The Haunted Mansion. Ranked as one of the best dark rides in the world. Traditional, old school. It is filled with surprises around every room. Different creatures, scares, surprises, things change, jump out at you. You never know what you're going to get. My personal favorite, though, is you start going down this dark hall and you know something's going to happen. And all of a sudden, this truck looks like you're going to, either it's going to hit you or you're going to hit it. And there's a loud horn and the lights blind you in the face. I mean, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. And you never even kind of... But it's it's that one ride in the park that no matter if you buy the all-day pass or whatever, they still charge you. It's oh, yeah. an upcharged attraction. Yeah, it's not included. You have to pay for it even if you have a wristband. And there's an operational reason for it, right? Yeah, they basically feel that if they're charging for the ride, it's going to cut down on vandalism because you're not going to feel that you can ride it continuously and learn where things are and act out on it. And because of that, they don't feel the need to protect the gags and the scenes. So unlike a lot of other dark rides out out there, there's not plexi or chicken wire or anything between you and the ride. So it doesn't take you out of it. So every gag and every jump really is a surprise. And it's dark. I mean, a lot of dark rides, you can kind of see what's coming up next or kind of see the scene ahead of you. Not on the Haunted Mansion at Knobles. You no. Until you're there, it lights up real quick, something jumps out, then it's dark again. Like, and it gives you that... Oh, yeah, the sound. sound. And the air, it blows yep. air on you. It, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that old school dark ride to a T. 
Another ride that they have um, is the Looper, and it's actually the only one left in America. Um, it's a very unique ride because it, it's basically like a like like a spoke, like a like a wheel and spoke thing. But at the end of the spokes is like a hamster wheel that the riders sit facing face to face. Um, a ride goes around in a circle. You can use this kind of momentum bar thing in the center and you know you and the person you're riding with can rock back and forth and get it rolling and all of a sudden you know once you get to a certain point you can hit a foot pedal and then it'll just unlock and you can just start rolling in and, a, in a and circle. they recommend you put the heavier person on that end so when they you know go down you then press the pedal in and the momentum carries you and if you continue to let go and then press the pedal again and let go and then press the pedal again, every time the heavier rider goes the downward way, you flip and you yes. flip a lot. I mean, when Tim and I wrote it, we must, and it's hard because Tim and I, there really isn't a heavier rider. So it was more challenging to do, but we still got at least 24. We, we, oh yeah. yeah. We started rolling. Yeah. Um, if you are following us on Instagram, I actually, a couple days ago, I put up a picture of Brian and I on the ride um, back in October when we went. Um, so check that out and so you can see what it's like. But it, it, it was a really cool ride and it was a fun experience that you won't get anywhere else in America, nope. basically. Um, something else that they have is the motorboats. So it's a very unique, nostalgic type boat ride. So the boats are not necessarily on a track but they actually float within a channel and the channel is a little bit wider than the boat. So you have the option that you can kind of bump into different sides and all that. And um, you can't really turn yourself around, but um, you basically have free motion of the boat, which is really cool. It's not on a track, but <clears throat> I know that there are certain parts of the route where you go underneath bridges and underneath pathways and things like that where you actually have to oh yeah you have to duck duck like <laughs> and it's really cool because it goes underneath the kitty coaster too yes so you got all that going on above you and ducking going under the bridges and it's hard it, it, it's a um it's a challenging ride it, it's harder than it looks we got to ride it the last time we went and i just kept going right into that wall no matter no matter how i tried to turn the wheel the other way I just kept just always hit a wall. Yep. So That's another cool ride they have there is the satellite, which is an old rollo plane attraction. Like Kenny would used to have the rollo plane, and it's basically you got a rocket on the bottom and a rocket on the top, and it goes around in a circle, but you never quite go upside down because it's also twisting mm -hmm. as you go, and then the whole thing turns sideways at one point, and then you're just rocking going around. It's again another hard attraction to explain how it works because there's not many of them left <laughs> but it's cool i'm sure if you youtube it you oh, yeah. find uh, salt and pepper shakers that's yes. what my, my parents yes. used to always call it the salt and pepper shakers another ride they have is the scenic skyway and some people write it off as a simple ski lift but it's kind of deceptive you actually ride up the side of the valley that the park is located in and you go through the treetops, but it's almost breathtaking when you turn around at the top and you see the park from above and how it's completely surrounded 
by woods and trees and how the park is both meandering and sort of beautiful in its layout. It's Well, the one thing I love about it is you get to that point where you feel like you're just leaving the property because you're going away from the park. Yep. And then it turns around and it's just like the park is right there from like 800 feet above it. Mm -hmm. And how long is it? It's 15 minutes. It's like 14 to 15 minutes of a ride. So it is the most expensive ride in the park. I think it's $4 of tickets. Oh, but it's worth it. Yeah. It's it's worth it because I mean, the park itself is nestled in that little valley and there's, you're not more than five to seven minutes away from civilization, but when you're in the park or you're on the sky ride, um, it's like nestled in this valley and there's nothing else around and it's full of trees and full of foliage. If if you flew a plane over the place, you wouldn't even notice the park existed. Yes. But it's almost picture postcard perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a couple really good pictures I'll be putting up on Instagram from the sky ride. I have yet to ride it at night. One of these trips I go, I want to ride it at night to see the park all lit up. It'd be interesting be cool. to see if there's any other lights like off in the distance that you can see yeah. as well. Yep. But so another really cool ride the park has that I still have not ridden yet. It is the Sky Slide, and it's basically the American version of the UK Helter Skelter. And it's you climb up the inside of a giant rocket ship, and then there's a spiral slide that goes around it. You get on a mat and you go down the slide. Um, it is. If you've ever played Roller Coaster Tycoon, it is one of the first rides you can build in Roller Coaster Tycoon. Um, you know, that does five people low capacity, but it's a lot of fun. It's different. They also have the teacups, and it is not your typical teacup ride. It's called the the ride type is a crazy daisy by PTC, and it's kind of like a figure eight. Um, where there's two wheels that move different ways and your car kind of alternates between the two wheels. And there's empty spaces where your teacup then goes into where the empty space is. It's the old school version of the Alien Saucer Spin Ride at Disney's Hollywood Studios. But the old school version is smoother and better. Yes. My son loved that ride. We had to ride it a couple times. Yeah. Both trips. Uh, <laughs> Last ride we're going to talk about is Whipper. Um, it's a classic whip type ride um, that whips cars around the ends of an oval track. So basically there's a giant oval and there are multiple cars held to that oval by an arm and, you know, a chain and the chain goes around. And when you get to the end of the oval, you know, centrifugal force, it whips you around and everybody smashes together and it's, it's great for canoodlers and neckers and all that. It's cool. I'm trying to think of anywhere outside of Pennsylvania that has a whip. I've never seen one other than Knobles and Kennywood. And Hershey and Dorney. I don't remember seeing yeah. it at Dorney, and I do not remember seeing it at Hershey. Yeah. Hershey. Yeah. Hershey. Yeah, it's a fun old ride. So lots of rides we just scratched the surface of their unique rides but out of all of their non-coaster rides what do you guys think's your favorite chris what's your favorite it's not going to be much of a shock the haunted mansion is my favorite ride there there's just so i keep saying it it's unique and i think it's a matter of it being still a classic dark ride 
but so much of it was built by the park itself and it's maintained so well. They maintain it as a classic dark ride. They're not trying to add the newest, most right. scary or interactive things or projections. They're sticking with the classic gags and classic scenes, but they still work because the quality is still there. And I notice something new every time I ride it. I, I'd agree with you. I mean, I would say that that's probably my favorite ride as well. And kind of go off of what you're saying, they don't neglect it either. It's not, you know, a lot of times you see the dark rides that are neglected and you, you, you know, you go through doors. Half the stuff doesn't work. Half the and... stuff doesn't work. Or, you know, lights are burned out, but animatronics are going. Or lights are on and animatronics are, or there's gum on the walls. And, you know, there's like real cobwebs and stuff. And it just doesn't look maintained. This this ride you can tell is maintained and it's updated, but it still has that real classic seventies and eighties feel to it. I it's love loved. It. It's loved as much as people love it. The park itself loves it, and, True. They, and they and it shows. Yeah, yeah. And Brian, what's yours? So for me, it's the train. The pi- they have two trains. Um, it's the bigger train. It's the Pioneer train. Um, it's a very unique train ride. It is not the best train out there. Um, for me, my favorite train ride anywhere is at Dollywood. But the one at Knobles is totally different. It's smaller. Um, you can't even really fit two adults in a row next to each other. It's kind of like one person per row or an this adult. It's like little school, like model train yeah. almost. Yeah. So, but it takes you, it's a long ride. It's half a mile. And you literally go through the water park, underneath the Twister roller coaster, past the start of the campground through a cool tunnel, not once, but twice, because you go through another tunnel on the way back. And then you go into the middle of the woods where you literally feel like you've left civilization completely. Until you meet the squirrels. Yeah, until you meet the squirrels and the other wildlife that they have. Um, They have squirrel feeders actually at the turnaround. So you're kind of seeing these squirrels eating corn on the cob in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. But, but the it, cool part is at Halloween time. Yep. At Halloween time, they changed the theme pretty much every year. And when we went this year, it was really cool. It was like that old town, and there were animatronics and scenes everywhere on both sides. Really, um, really fun. Really fun. Let me kind of piggyback for a second off of the Halloween theme, because what's very interesting about Canoes as well is their turnpike their classic cars ride yes their antique cars yeah is also themed to halloween and it's a haunted car ride and that changes each year as well mm-hmm. does, doesn't it yeah they change it up they move things around and normally they have scare actors in it yeah um they didn't this past year because of covid unfortunately but normally there's real people there too that jump out at you and and i've only seen it in the past year without the scare actors and I thought it was amazing as is. So I could only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could not imagine it with scare actor. And what's, it was cool by it is it's not like just a hodge, like you go through like a section and it's a theme and then you go through another section and it's a theme and it's like multiple different stories were being told. And it, it On was both sides so too. It's, yeah. Cool. Like I've never seen that before, but. I would still say the Haunted Mansion's favorite, but oh, yeah. that was really cool to go up through the whole thing. Let's talk about food. Food. Knobles, what about Knobles? It's known for its food. Chris, what do you say Knobles is? 
if I were to be honest, I would pretty much call it a fat boy's fantasy land. Well, there's literally, there's not one type of food you probably couldn't find if you were hungry for it in this park. Yep, they're known for their food. They've won the Golden Ticket Award for Best Amusement Park Food 18 times, almost every year. Like, it goes back and forth between Dollywood and Knobles a couple times, and they actually even tied one year. Um, they have 37 food stands. Yeah, 37 food stands. That's more than most parks have rides. Um, 36 of them are fast food style, and they do have one air-conditioned sit-down restaurant called the Alamo. The Alamo alone has over 55 entrees, land, sea, Italian. Um, eight of the other food locations offers covered seating, protection from the rain, but almost everywhere you eat in this park, it's shaded. You're not stuck out in the sun or anything like that. Alamo? Yeah. The Alamo is located in the almost off the main drag in the park. It actually has a counter service part where we got like the French fries and that part, but then you could go inside and eat there. It's right by, you know, where the Knoebel sign is? Yes. It's to the right of that. Is that like where the pierogies and everything was? No, that's and... down further. And is Tim saying with this, the park literally has so many food stands that they all kind of run together. And we don't know where stuff is. Yeah. Like they're saying Alamo. I have no idea where that's at in the park. But anyway, I digress. That's okay. One of the reasons why Knoebels wins best food is because of the variety that they offer. They have a stand called the International Food Court, which is awesome because it's covered seating. They have three different counters to order food from. They have over a hundred different menu items just at this one place, ranging from breakfast to fish and chips, gator bites. Yeah, alligator bites. Potato cakes, halushki, enchiladas, wings, rotini. This is just one of the 37 food locations. Um, some other unique things you can find at Knoebels. And again, the list, we could talk for hours just about the food at Knoebels. But some unique items they have. Chicken waffle sandwich, pork chop on a stick, pierogies, Italian sausage, cheese steak fries. Yes, French fries topped with steak and cheese. Mm. Bacon mm. on a stick, pickle on a stick, fish tacos, crab cake sandwiches, clam strips, sloppy joes, sweet potatoes, corn on the cob, gyros, corn nuggets, which this is, I haven't tried these yet. They're battered and deep fried cream corn, which sounds very interesting. So when does the park open? <laughs> April. But they also have all the traditional stuff, like ice cream, funnel cakes, fresh-cut fries, burgers, pizza, cotton candy fudge, Dole Whips, popcorn. Seriously, what don't they have? And I think one of the things that contributes to them having such unique and diverse food options is that, unlike a lot of parks, Knoebels doesn't own all the stands themselves. A lot of them are actually outside concessions. So it behooves them to have some of the best food because they're competing against each other. Now, drink-wise, it is a dry park, so there's no alcohol. But they have unique drinks like birch beer, which is like, it was before root beer. It was yeah. birch beer. And, of course, our favorite, apple cider slush, which our drink of the week is based on. So with all this food, what what are you guys' favorites? Just we'll talk. We'll do real food first, and then we'll do snacks. So real food, what's your favorite? 
breakfast. <laughs> it's the only park I've been to besides Disney resorts that serves breakfast and their breakfast is amazing. Chris, I think you are going to talk more about breakfast, right? Oh, That's yes. your favorite. Oh yes. Tell them about their breakfast. Um, we got there early one morning and, you know, unlike some parks whose food stands don't open till one or two hours after the park is open, they serve breakfast. At their international food court, they have a park special. And get this, for $6.50, you get two eggs, breakfast potatoes, toast, coffee, and your choice of sausage, bacon, or ham for six fifty. At an amusement park. At an amusement park. And it's not small little port. No. Like this is like a home style yes. plate that you get. Like you leave and you're like, oh, I'm good for a while. You are full. Yeah, well, and that goes for just about any <clears throat> food option in Canobos. You never feel like you're being ripped off. The portions are always healthy, if you want to phrase it that way. They're large portions. Large and in charge. It's and it's hard to pick one. Like for me. I love the pierogies. Um, again, what other amusement park has pierogies? <laughs> um, but the other thing, I'd say they're pork chop on a stick. Which, I, I mean, what don't they put on a stick? I mean, they have pickles on a stick. They have uh, literally everything on a stick. But, again, uh, you, we could go there for a week and not eat everything they have at this park. I have a question. Yes. Can you explain what pierogies are? Because that is a very regional thing. <laughs> Chris? I've heard them referred to before as Polish potstickers, if that helps. What is it? Yeah, it's, it's a dough that is stuffed with potatoes. Deep fried. Onions. Or not, well, not really deep fried. It's They're fried. fried yeah. Skillet fried with onions and copious amounts of butter mm -hmm. and they are delicious yeah so it's basically like pasta filled with potatoes and cheese sometimes there's meat sometimes you know a, sauerkraut is common as well sauerkraut yes so it is a meal in a pocket yeah. if you will yes so we talked about like real food but and you know there's still the snacks too so personal favorites for me, I'm I have to pick two. I can't just pick one. Cause the waffle ice cream sandwich is amazing. But they also have something called the Campfire S'more, which is a fresh made waffle, like a Belgian waffle, topped with chocolate chips, crushed graham crackers, chocolate sauce, marshmallow topping, and whipped cream. It's enough to feed four. Or Two hungry adults. So when does the park open? <laughs> Again? April. <laughs> April. What about you, Tim? To be honest, I don't know if I've ever really had a snack there. Really? I, I think, yeah. I think we, we've had the breakfast and we've had the sit-down lunches. And I know you guys have gotten snacks. I mean, I've gotten, I've had some of the French waffle, which is like a hard mm -hmm. Belgian waffle almost. But it's light and crispy too. Yeah, it's very yeah. hard to describe. Yeah. 
it's like a Belgian waffle with a funnel cake, but not I heavy on the batter. It's very crispy. Well, you had some like of the dual whip. Yeah. Yeah, they, they do a dual whip flight, which is amazing. Yes, you can get all four flavors on the same thing. Yes. Yeah, now, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Are we unlocking memories? Yes, you are. Unlocked. Level two. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, the dole whips were good. Definitely. Everybody loves a dole whip, though. I ain't never met no. But most that. parks only have like one flavor outside of Disney. Most parks only have one or two flavors of Dole Whip. There's only one or two flavors of Dole Whip. There's pineapple. There's lime. There's strawberry. No, there's, there's orange. orange. There is only one flavor <laughs> of Dole Whip. <clears throat> and sometimes you can get them to add rum. No, Chris, what about you? I really can't <clears throat> narrow it down to one or two. So it's I hard, actually, isn't it? I actually see? have three listed. Um, they have an ice cream waffle sandwich, which they literally make a fresh waffle and they put a slab of ice cream in the middle of them, fold it over and hand it to you. And it's the most amazing thing. It sounds so simple, but sometimes the most simple things are the most delicious. Grilled stickies at Eaton Park. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and... Close seconds and thirds are the apple cider slushy, which gave birth to this week's drink of the week. It's on a on a hot day. It's very refreshing, and who doesn't like a drink coming from a building the shape of an apple? And my my other favorite is they do fresh baked sweet potatoes, which is unheard of in parks. Yes, but they also that... have awesome toppings like. That the butter and the cinnamon and, and the marshmallow and so in other words, you can have it healthy or you can have it delicious. <laughs> the choice is yours. I'm actually surprised you didn't bring up their version of the McRib. Oh, I forgot about their McRib sandwich. <laughs> yes, they do have a barbecued rib sandwich that is delectable. Again, the food's the reason to go. Everything when, else is when, great. When does the park open? <laughs> <laughs> Can you just like open the, the the like the food in the winter and just let us come? We'll, we'll they dry did, four hours. They did, they did that for their. They did their uh, the holiday drive through yeah. this year. The through the grove. I forget the official name. Something through the grove, and they literally you could buy a like prepackaged food. Well, now they're doing it for Valentine's Day. Too. Well, they they're just like doing it now. Like you can go to their website and you can buy different foods. Like you can't obviously buy baked sweet potatoes and stuff, but you can buy like all their stuff that's like, like the, the fudge and, and the yeah. fresh corn corn they do and the candies. Yeah, which I think is really cool because a lot of well, most parks don't do that. No. I don't know of any parks that will ship their food. No, <laughs> so. Definitely check them out. It's Knobles with a K. K-N-O-E-B-E-L-S dot com. B-L-E-S. So check them out. It's K-N-O-E-B-L-E-S dot com. No, if you were right the first time, it is E-L-S. God. Look, search them out. Go to their website. You can get their food. They're on Facebook. Follow them on Facebook. They Put out all kind of foods. Definitely order some and just try it. Take our word for it. Again, there's a reason I call called it a fat boy's fantasy land. 
Okay, so 45 minutes later after talking about food. <laughs> we could have had an episode just on yeah, the food. Just on food. You say that like it's a bad thing. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Well, you know, sometimes you want to sit down and enjoy a show when you eat the food. Yes. So what kind of shows and entertainment do we have? So Canobos is different than most parks with entertainment because it has four different theaters. They have, you know, the Time Machine Theater, the Roaring Creek Saloon, and the Retroactive Stage. But they also have an old an old school band shell or amphitheater. The band shell features acts from all around. There's every day there's something different, whether it be a music group, a Cirque du Soleil kind of style group, choirs, everything. It's it's different every day. The Time Machine Theater features features family friendly interactive shows that usually have like costumes and games and they put on a pageant. The Roaring Creek Saloon usually has a magic show or something like that. That's the inside theater. Um, not air-conditioned, though, but it's still inside. Um, and the Time Machine Theater... Actually, that's not true. Yeah. <coughs> the retroactive stage is the typical song and dance show location. But Knobles loves carousels and band organs. Um, most parks just have, if they even have a working band organ, it's at their carousel. Knobles has five antique band <laughs> organs in the park regularly. They have others in storage that they bring out for special occasions. But of these five, three of them are at the Grand Carousel alone, and they rotate which one they use throughout the day. They even have an, an antique band organ on their kitty carousel, and they have another one next to a gift shop near the Phoenix that plays all day long. So again, Knobles is so different. There's so many different things to do. There's something for everyone. But when you only have a limited time, you can't do it all. So what do you guys think? If you had to list five must-do attractions at Knobles? I would say the Skyride is a must. Twister and Phoenix are a must. The Looper, which... It, it, it may seem like really, but it's the only one of its kind, and it's so unique. Even if you don't like going upside down, you don't have to, but it's unique. As well as Black Diamond, because of just, again, all five of them, I think it's just because of the uniqueness and the sky ride because of the view. What about you, Chris? I am going to overlap a lot with you, Tim. Um, of course, I love some dark rides, so definitely the Haunted Mansion and Black Diamond. Because they are so unique. And when it comes to coasters, I love them all. But the flying turns, you're not going to be able to ride that anywhere else. So that is a definite a definite ride. I also love a good train. And again, Knobles, keeping with their pattern, it's a very unique train. Its size, its path, and how they take you under other rides into the woods with squirrels you can't really pass it up and you know me i'm always a fan of giving taking a ride that gives you an overview of the park so with that i would recommend either their carousel or as you said the sky ride you mean the carousel, you mean the carousel. what did i say carousel. The carousel they both go around the circle it just yeah. all depends hey. they do have a they they do have a and they're Ferris wheel is quite speedy. Yes. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go back. No, you don't have to. 
Just do the Skyrider. Say the Skyrider character or a Ferris wheel. And you know me, I'm always a fan of getting an overview of a park. So you want to get up in the sky to get a sense of layout and just how big things are. So I would definitely recommend either the Skyride or the Ferris wheel, which, as Tim has noted before, actually moves at a pretty decent clip. It's also the tallest Ferris wheel in the state of Pennsylvania. It's probably one of, what, four that are in the state of Pennsylvania? (laughs) So for me, um, the Grand Carousel, again, you can catch the brass ring. The heart of an amusement park is a carousel. Um, Phoenix, Twister, Flying Turns, Haunted Mansion, for all the reasons that Chris and Tim said, um, but those, those are... Those are my five. So I think that about wraps it up to our trip to Knobles mm-hmm. next week. Changing it up a bit. We're going to change it up and we're going to keep it a surprise. Um, but it's going to be a lot different from anything that we've ever done. Um, we're going to try something. So, but you can always follow us on our website at zerogadventures.com as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash Zero G Adventures. We're also on Instagram. Check out some cool, awesome coaster pictures and park pictures from our previous trips at zero underscore G underscore adventures. And then we're also on Twitter at Zero G Adventures. So definitely check us out. Give us a follow. We're also on YouTube. You can find the link for that on our website. Definitely give us a, a subscribe. Check out our drinks of the week. And um, also check out our Drink of the Week outtake videos for the stuff behind the scenes. If you want to laugh at our expense. Yes, because we tend to be a little bit silly, I guess. Or we just mess up a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's the latter. It's the latter. So we recently rolled out our merchandise shop, which you can find a link to directly on our website. ZeroGAdventures.com um, and click on the Zero G merch shop link as well as if you just go directly to it, it's teespring.com slash store slash zero hyphen G hyphen adventures. We have tanks, we have tees, we have women's shirts, we have hoodies. Who doesn't need a new shirt? Go out and get you a shirt and for the next week, I've actually discounted all the prices so there it cost for one week only one week only so until next friday um i they we are not making any profit we want you guys to buy shirts just support us get our name out there help us grow so with that i think that's about it all right signing off till next week right on <laughs>